1: Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer Ed Salisville, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today again we have our special guest, the Reverend uh, Jeff Roman from Cibolo Valley Baptist Church. In our last program we congratulated him for using creation science, intelligent design evidences from the pulpit. He brought with him today notes from Dr. W.B. Toler, who did a fascinating sermon on creation, chance, or choice. And we're going to let you go through that, Jeff, if you would, about what Dr. Toler presented. He's just recently passed away, I think. That's
2: correct. He just recently passed away. Yes, this was about... 20 years ago, I believe, he preached this this sermon. He talks about how there are narrow constraints for, to allow for life to begin. And he starts it off by putting 10 coins in his pocket, and he numbers them 1 through 10. And he jiggles them around, and he pulls out the, the number 1 coin. He says, okay, what are the odds of me pulling out this number 1 coin? Well, 1 in 10. He puts it back in his pocket, jiggles it around, and he pulls out the number 2 coin. And he says, okay, what are the odds of me pulling out this number 2 coin? And one in a hundred, out of and he keeps on doing that and doing that till the tenth coin, which is one out of ten billion of a chance to pull it out in perfect sequence. And he said, you know, by the time I would get to my fifth coin pulling out in perfect sequence, you would probably say there's no way you could do that. It's got to be rigged. You got to have something on the coin. you can tell which ones are which. And he says, you know, you won't believe I could pull ten coins out of my pocket in perfect sequence, but you want to believe that there are certain things in nature. 10 things in nature he points out in the sermon that happen in perfect sequence. And he starts off by talking about the angle of the earth. It's 23 degree angle and the tilt allows just enough sun to be absorbed and, and be deflected. And the second is the the rotation of the earth at 1000 miles per hour and science say that is just the right speed for life to exist. If it were 100 miles per hour, our days and nights would be just too long and we would either freeze or or burn up. And then he says the earth is perfectly balanced. That's a third coin. Um, mountains on each side of our earth so that when it does rotate, it doesn't wobble out into space. And then he says the fourth thing is that the, the earth wobbles about three degrees up and down. Again, th- so it doesn't wobble out into orbit. Number four coin, five coin, I'm sorry, is the depths of our ocean. The president of the American Academy of Science said if the oceans had been a little bit deeper when the earth originally began that excess water would have absorbed and dissolved the carbon dioxide and oxygen in the air and life as we know it could not have started. The sixth coin, or the sixth thing, the earth's crust is just the right thickness. If it were just ten feet thicker on the outside than it is, then, then the matter that we have now, then that matter would have oxidized all the free oxygen out of the air when the world began and life forms could not have begun. The seventh thing is our Earth is moving around the Sun in an elliptical orbit at 64,000 miles per hour. If it was any slower, it would be pulled into the Sun. If it was any faster, it would be slung too far out into orbit, and we'd freeze to death. And then he says the eighth thing is our Earth is just the right distance from the Sun, 93 million miles. Scientists say the Sun is about 40 to 50 million degrees. So how much is 150 degrees in relation to 50 billion It's not much, yet if our planet was just 50 degrees hotter, life on Earth couldn't exist. 50 degrees is less than one-half of 1% of the sun's temperature. And then the ninth coin, or the ninth thing he talks about, is the moon. It's moving around the Earth at just the right distance. The moon is 240,000 miles from the Earth. If the moon were closer, the gravitational pull would be so great that at high tide, the Atlantic Ocean would be breaking against the Rocky Mountains. And then the tenth is plants need photosynthesis to survive. Little cells powered by energy from the sun taking carbon dioxide and give out oxygen. If this process stopped, we would all die. So he says, here are ten things all working wonderfully together. Could this all have happened
1: by accident? Was this chance or was this choice? It's a great sermon. But again, one of the things he is brilliantly doing in that sermon is some of our best evidence for creation is the statistical impossibility of evolution and the statistical impossibility that this planet was not made as a very special cradle of life. Dr. Guillermo Gonzalez did studies on this and found out that the Earth actually meets 200 criteria. Even though we've found 4,000 exoplanets out there in the universe right now, other planets around the other solar system, we have not found anything like this planet. It's a very specially made place. But when you start talking statistics, it's so dry that people who are not interested Mm. in math, they start sleeping. Right. They start sleeping hard. (laughs) Okay. And that's one of the beauties of of that little uh, sermon right there that I really appreciate. It stuck with me all through these years. Yeah. And you're not a math guy. That's right. You're not a math guy. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Gentlemen, do you all have anything before I move forward with questions?
0: Well, I think it's it's very important that you have something like this. As, and he did it 20 years ago, which was unusual in the United States to have preachers preaching about creation science. So I think that was very uh, he was very forward-thinking at that point. Uh, John Whitcomb was probably one of the other preacher at that point that was preaching creation science.
2: This was at seminary at the chapel as well. Was it? very okay, good. Yeah, well,
0: That's uh,
2: very helpful. I think also it needs to be noted that not only do you have to have all of these ideal conditions, but according to the Darwinists, you would have had to have had all these ideal conditions for the last three billion years. Mm, right for life to grow and develop.
1: Something you may or may not know on this topic, because again we're talking about creation science and presented in the churches. There's kind of an interesting reality to our ministry. We want to go talk to somebody at a Calvary Chapel. That's a denomination of Christianity. They are always accepting of creation science coming in. Baptist, Southern Baptist is about 50-50. About 50% are as open as you are. About 50% are concerned that we're too controversial or that we could divide their church. And so they keep us at arm's length. We occasionally get into a Church of Christ. We occasionally get into a Lutheran church if it's the right synod. If it's a liberal synod, forget it. We occasionally get into a Presbyterian, but that's unusual, and into a Methodist church. That's unusual we never get into a Catholic church. <laughs> never. Why do you think there is so much pushback against creation ministry and a claim that Genesis is telling the literal truth? I think because the way Genesis
2: had been portrayed, maybe as how we show it, cartoon characters, giraffes sticking their heads out of the ark, and so they don't have a lot of validity in the book of Genesis. But Ken Ham does a good book on that. Already gone, with, uh, about teenagers. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, you know, you've got to hold firm to the first nine chapters of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And that can hold water, too. He does a good job presenting the facts about Genesis 1 through 9, how we, we can have validity. It's not just made-up stories or fairy tales for kids. So I think through ignorance, maybe people shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Or fear that it's just they can't talk about it
1: because they're not intelligent enough to talk about it. It's funny that you used to talk about cute pictures of the ark with animals hanging out, which mm-hmm. really make it a joke or a kid's exactly. story or something. Exactly. Because you have to go to the ark that's now constructed by Answers in Genesis, 40 miles south of Cincinnati, to see the real thing and to see that actually you could have put thousands of animals on that ark and this could have been reality. But I have that fight within my own home. Because my wife loves the cute little pictures. And when we went to Answers in Genesis and they have a whole wall display saying, this is bad. We do not need to have these cute little portraits of the cute ark with animals hanging out. Because that's what kids now think of the ark. Mm -hmm. And they think of it as a child story and they divorce it from reality. And I see that. And so I tell people we really need to divorce ourselves from this my wife gets mad about it because she likes the cute pictures mm-hmm. okay
2: <laughs> what else guys well, i'm just thinking it may not be significant to them just like as i thought the old testament tabernacle really wasn't applicable to today maybe they don't see the crossover
1: the significance of understanding genesis one through through nine that there is that they don't see the significance but at the same time, do we really need to throw away Genesis? No, absolutely not. It's foundational. Exactly. As we were discussing with Dr. Locklear on another program, when you start saying, okay, well, we're not too sure that the first 11 chapters of Genesis are telling us the truth. When does he start telling us the truth? Mm, right. I mean, there, there are people who would throw out the miracles of Christ. Are we supposed to do that? hmm The reason we have our motto of believing the Bible from the very first verse is because that's the only rational way to treat that book. Either it's telling you the truth from the very start, or the whole thing's a lie. That's right.
0: Yet there's so many denominations who claim biblical inerrancy, but dismiss Genesis.
1: Which makes no sense. sense. They're doing violence to the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. Because if there wasn't a first sin if Adam and Eve didn't sin and the curse didn't occur why did Christ come
2: right that's right
1: we thank you for Dr. Toller's sermon as I said it shows that this fight has been going on for some period of time and it will continue the Old Testament Tabernacle talked about on this program will only be at Cibolo Valley Baptist Church at 5500-FM-1103, Church, Texas, 78108, until March 1st. So schedule your church's tour today. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletters. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com, that is Terry's website, containing articles looking at current-day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones-Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on the important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzavell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.